Friends, first of all, I want to acknowledge that we have a lot of uh, families and parents with us for uh, Parents Weekend at the University of Toledo uh, this weekend. And so I want to just welcome you here. Uh, thank you for um, entrusting your children to our care for a few years. Um, I hope you know how proud you should be of them, that they've made faith uh, a part of their college experience. There's a lot of things they could be doing, um, and yet they've made uh, this place a home. Um, now, it's possible you also forced them to come today, and they've <laughs> never been here before, but uh, most of them are recognized. So thank you to you, and welcome to our parish, and um, it's just great to see so many of you with us this weekend. Friends, I think we really want to think that we're in control, complete control of our lives. I really think we want to think that we're in complete control of our lives. And yet, the first reading today and, and, uh, and the image, and I'm, I'm sorry, our sound is a little quiet. I, I had to figure out how to plug it all back in after the symphony, and clearly I should not be a sound person, so I'll have to work on it some more. Um, that, that image, I don't, I don't know if you caught it, that, so they're, the Israelites and the Amalekites are fighting, and Moses um, is interceding with God, and, and every time he holds his hands up, they're winning the, the battle, but if his hands start to, to droop, they lose the battle, right? and so he gets tired at a certain point, and Aaron and Hur come by, and they lift up his arms. So that, the, that they can prevail in battle. And I want to propose that image to us as an argument against the idea that we have control of our lives. Right? Now, let me be clear what I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is that we no, make no contribution. That by our choices we play no role. But what I am saying is if we think of our uh, our, our uh, lives as a, the plot of a story. There are other characters in the story. Right? We are not the only actor. God and other people are in the cast of characters that make up the plot of our story. We are interdependent in more ways on God and others than we could, that we can possibly imagine. And so to act as if we're self-sufficient, to act as if we're independent, I would say is naive. And so Moses knows that he needs Aaron and her to hold him up, right, in order for God to prevail. You know, I was thinking, uh, Deacon Justin gave a, a cool homily, I thought, last weekend on how we're often spiritual toddlers. Um, we treat God like this transactional sort of genie where, you know, I, I just request God when I need him, right? We're, in, in that sense, he said, we're not mature, we're spiritual toddlers. I want to focus on the positive view of being a spiritual toddler, which is a, spirit, a toddler knows that they're, they uh, are dependent, right? Now, they might think that they can do everything themselves, but ultimately they kind of know they need you. So I got, uh, I got the chance um, over fall break to go babysit my nephew, who's two, for a couple days to give my sister and brother-in-law a little break. And that was an adventure. Uh, see some 
kids here. And one of the, we, they live in Holland, Michigan, and so we were uh, going to, I took them to Lake Michigan, and there's this big sand dune at this park that leads up uh, to this area, a ton, like a couple hundred steps leading up to it to overlook Lake Michigan. And so I said, Teddy, do you wanna go see the lake? And Ted, it's, Teddy's in a weird phase right now. He only talks in the third person. He says, Teddy would like that. <laughs> Teddy would like that. So uh, he, we, he decides we should climb, crawl up the sand dune going up. Okay, so we, we went up the sand dune going up, get to the top, look at the lake. Uh, it was like 20 seconds, and he says, Teddy's done. Okay, Teddy's done. So then he wants to climb back down. And I said, Teddy, why don't we roll down the sand dune? Okay, that'd be a lot of fun. Teddy doesn't want to do that. Okay? Teddy wants to jump down every step. Okay, so, you know, I mean, there's like a couple hundred steps. So it's really tall sand dune. So, of course, you know, you, you know what you have to do with a toddler. You, you hold them while they jump down every step. Okay? Teddy loves this, he said. Of course he does. It occurred to me, though, if I left, not, I didn't entertain this, but if I had let go of his hand, okay, that kid, he goes tumbling a couple hundred stairs, right? I mean, and as soon as, and, and of course his mom's taught him, as soon as he's going to cross a road, as you teach kids, right, as soon as they're going to cross the road or go down a step, they, they immediately reach out for your hand, right? Reach out for your hand. Because they know they need something to latch onto to secure their safety. Right? They know they're not independent. Right? As much as a toddler might want to say that they're independent. And so I just think this, this facade we build up, that we think we can be independent and self-sufficient, we need to reject. We need to reject it on a human level and a spiritual level. On a human level, we are so reliant upon what other people have made possible for us. Right? Everything we do was built on the foundations of someone else who built it before us. Everything. Everything. And, and that should only elicit a sense of, of, of gratitude. And, and, but also on a human level, when we go through really tough times, right? we've got to have people that can lift us up, like Aaron and her lifting up Moses. Right? We've got to have people, right? because we can't go through the really tough parts of life alone. Right? We just can't. Life is too tragic, right? There's too much bad stuff that can happen to us for us to, to be meant to endure it alone, right? We have to rely on the help. We've got to be willing to ask for help and to ask for the support of others through dark periods. I wanted to look at it spiritually in terms of prayer because the, the church pairs up, if you know this, the church pairs up the first reading in the gospel every week. Second reading may or may not have anything to do with anything. I mean, it has something to do with something, but not necessarily the connection. Right? First, so the church paired up the, the persistent widow who's just bothering the judge. In, and, and, and then Jesus' narrative on that in terms of prayer pairs that up with Aaron and her holding up Moses' hand. So clearly the church is seeing in that image the image of prayer, of holding up our hands in asking God, right? And so I want to also talk about spiritually, we are not in control. 
or at least in complete control. That's why we pray. We pray to say, God, I can't do this myself. If we never pray, we are acting as if we can do it ourselves. When we pray, we say, God, I can't do it myself. I need you. There's too much going on. I can't fight all of the enemies. It's interesting this happens within the context of a battle, a physical battle. And I know we don't like to think of the, of the, the battle of good and evil in terms of a war, but the scriptures are just really clear that that's what it is. There's just no way of getting around that in the New Testament, right? That they see this as a battle between good and evil, and we've got some tough enemies, right? We've got some tough enemies. The, the, the Christian tradition talks about three primary enemies in our living out of holiness, right? The world, the flesh, and the devil, right? The world, we have this temptation to conform to the world and just do what the world says, peer pressure, Right? This is the temptation of the world. The temptation of the flesh is we're kind of disordered in our nature by original sin. And so we have some desires that are out of whack. We sometimes want to do things we shouldn't, and we don't do the things that we should. We're, we're, we're not integrated uh, perfectly as human beings. That's the temptation of the flesh. And then the temptation of the devil, which, again, we don't like to focus on. But it's just clear that there is something, someone working beyond what we're even capable of in terms of evil. I don't know how many of you watch, have watched the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, Netflix uh, special. Anybody? No? It's too disturbing even for this group. Um, uh, like, to me, I can't watch that and think. Like, to me, there's too much evil there. The, the amount of evil exceeds what one person is capable of producing. Just like I say that about a good person. Like someone I know is like so good. I'm like, there's so much goodness there. It can't even be explained. It's got to be something else. It's got to be God's grace operative in them. Something from above. There's so much evil in certain things. There's got to be an excess coming from below. Like there, there's just too much evil and injustice to explain by bad individual choices. There is something going on. Jesus himself calls Satan the god of this world, right? The prince of this world, right? I know we don't, we're not comfortable with that. It's not my first way of thinking about the faith either, right? But there is some kind of spiritual battle. My only point in bringing that up is that when we've got those three things working against us, the world and the flesh and the devil, we've got to have the spiritual resources that are Aaron and her holding up our hands. Like, we've got to have prayer. We've got to have all of the spiritual resources that flow from another image of two hands being lifted up, right? This image, right? This is a, this first reading is a great prefigurement of the cross, right? In which Jesus' hands are lifted up like Moses's, taking on all of the evil of the world for us. And so we need the Aaron and hers, the spiritual resources. We need the power of prayer. We need the power of the sacraments to help us to fight the enemies, right, that are at war with us. And so, friends, I, I don't know. I, when I was younger, you know, I used to think I could do it on my own. Now, I'm not that old, okay? but I've come to realize there 
I cannot. And I think that's the normal process, right? Even Moses, he starts the battle with his hands raised by himself. He's like, yeah, I got this. No problem. I can do it myself. Look at me. Right? But he gets tired. And then he needs Aaron and her. We, I think we all go through periods spiritually and on a human level where we think we can do it ourselves. We are self-sufficient, independent. But at some point, we realize we can't. Right? And it's, that, it's, it's then that we realize we are so interdependent on the other cast of characters, other human beings that make up our lives. And we are so dependent on the power of God's grace to help us to prevail uh, through, uh, through those difficulties. So friends, we obviously make a contribution uh, to our own life. We, our actions matter, right? The way we live our life matters. But let's also realize, right, that we need the help and the support of others, and we need the help 